Welcome to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. Policy directors Elizabeth Gore and Elizabeth Mayer bring their broad knowledge of congressional issues from both sides of the aisle together for a discussion on the looming debt limit. Brownstein strategic advisor Senator Mark Begich moderates a discussion that covers the timing of a vote on the debt limit as well as the possibility of a continuing resolution and predictions on a government shutdown. Welcome uh, again to Elizabeth and Elizabeth Show. I have Elizabeth Gore here and Elizabeth Mayor. Uh, Elizabeth Gore, Policy Director, serves as Chairman of the Brownstein Government Relations Department, has more than 20 years of experience in democratic politics and advocacy. She works as a strategist and lobbyist for a wide range of clients navigating Capitol Hill and the executive agencies on their behalf. Elizabeth Mayer is also a policy director, is a well-trusted policy and political advisor at Brownstein. Elizabeth worked for more than 10 years as legislative director to U.S. Senator John Kyle. She now focuses her efforts and expertise on advising Brownstein's clients about numerous legislative and regulatory issues and uses her expertise to advance clients' priorities. So this, I think, number four, right, of the Elizabeth Elizabeth Show, uh, always both sides are clearly represented in this room uh, when we talk about the issues. And uh, today is, you know, a simple, non-complex issue, uh, the debt limit, deficit, you know, just uh, the things that most people forget about, but then at the end of the day, it all matters. So um, let's first kind of talk about the debt ceiling Every day, kind of, there's a movement of when it can be done, when it can't be done. What's the importance of this? Obviously, a lot of concern is right now debt ceiling is coming down uh, at the same time, potentially when the budget appropriations, which means a lot of angst. There's the Freedom Caucus, who is now starting to think on the House side that maybe there's some new leverage here. So it should be an exciting uh, few months when we get to this issue. First off, when do you think we're going to get to this? Who wants to take the first shot? Elizabeth Gore? Sure. I'm happy to address that. So just to back up a little bit, the debt ceiling is uh, is a statutorily identified limit. The Which means government the federal government can't, can't, borrow, can't anymore. borrow any money beyond that limit. And so um, if we are running deficits, as we are now, um, our debt is increasing and we will meet that limit. If we do not extend or lift that debt limit, um, we aren't able to borrow any more money, and the government will default on uh, the debt that it owes, which is hugely problematic in the um, financial markets and has a, a major impact on the way that our financing is done um, here by the federal government. So it's a huge issue. The um, estimates for when we will actually meet that that limit, that cap, uh, have been um, a little bit um, uh, variable because it depends on the stream of revenue coming into the government, and that's not 100% predictable. Most people think that we're going to be meeting that debt limit uh, sometime in the fall, September, October timeframe. And while the Leadership in the Congress and some in the administration have called on Congress to act quickly and early. Um, I think that's unlikely. I think we will run up to the uh, last minute on this particular issue, and we won't see any activity until we're, you know, within 
a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of days of meeting the the debt limit. Liz Mayer, do you agree or do you think that's kind of the clock that we're working off of? Yeah, I I do agree with Elizabeth um, that I I don't believe that it will um, get disposed of um, before um, whatever is potentially left of the August recess um, for the Congress. You know, you're hearing smatterings of some members and senators saying they'd like to try to do it, including Senator Cornyn, I think just today, said he'd like to try to do it before they go out for the recess. But realistically, um, there are just so many variables at play that I cannot see it getting done until you absolutely have to get it done. Um, you have in the House, in any event, the Freedom Caucus that is um, trying to extract deeper cuts even than what House Budget Chairwoman Black's budget um, would cut um, in entitlement spending. And what was that number? I can't remember. Was it two hundred billion? Yeah, yeah. Um, but they're trying discretionary. To, yeah, they're trying to extract more more right. than that. Um, and then you have on the flip side of it the quoted Tuesday group of Republicans, and they're trying to work on a bipartisan basis alongside some Democrats to get the the spending caps that were enacted as part of the Budget Control Act. Um, I think back in 2012, lifted. So you have two diametrically opposed groups of Republicans pushing to get their way as leverage to vote for the debt limit. And then you have the most vocal people in the administration now saying they just want to do a clean. Mnuchin is saying he just wants to do a clean increase. So it remains to be seen what's actually going to happen and what what variables get realized um, as as part of it. Further cuts or lifting of um, spending caps for more spending. Yeah, and I think actually um, another option here, and perhaps a likely path, is that there neither of those things happen. There's not a lifting of the caps. There's not additional cuts. It's just an extent. It's an, a lifting of the um, uh, of the debt limit. And then you'll you'll be able to attract some Democratic votes as well. And that would really be legislating to the center. You will probably uh, attract um, some moderate Republicans and some some moderate Democrats and and you'll be able to get a majority that way. It would be very unusual and unique because in this very partisan time, we don't usually legislate that way. But I think that it's going to be impossible to um, uh, do this on a, on a party line or on a partisan basis because it is so contentious and that a, um, a clean limit that is without riders, without extraneous provisions attached to it is probably the most likely path for them to take. But it's going to be a painful path, I'm afraid. Isn't this a challenge now that's happening that you think about um, if you went all the way back to the beginning of the Obama administration, the debt was one point or deficit was one point two trillion, give or take several hundred million billion, but one point two trillion. It got down to about three hundred seventy billion or so by 14, 15, kind of 16, kind of right into 14, 15. But now we're back up. The CBO is predicting that it might be as high as 800 billion before the end of the year. So the deficit is now moving at a much more rapid pace again. So you have those challenges. You have the Freedom Caucus that has been somewhat silent 
on these issues for the last couple of years, kind of letting things work their way through. But now you're in this. And I think the point you're making, Elizabeth Gore, is that we're now in a very different time that some have waited. There's deficits now increasing. Uh, debt is going to come. And we got to figure out what to do with the budget. So is the Freedom Caucus really going to just, in the House side, just say, okay, I guess if you're going to work with Democrats, because that's probably what's going to have to happen, that's okay. I, I cannot visualize that, but you know they they kind of fought a little bit last time, then they quietly went away. Uh, does, is that the prediction this time, Elizabeth Mayor? I mean, what, what? I mean, I think the Freedom Caucus is at a point where they're like, okay, when do we finally get our stand here? Yeah, I I don't I don't think they're going to go quietly away, but I think the reality of the situation is that they they might not get their way. But do you think that causes problem for the caucus? In the House side to do other stuff down the road? Yeah. I mean, I think there will be an a, attempts at commitments um, into 2018 for votes on robust entitlement reform if they let the debt limit go now. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just coming up too quickly. I mean, I, I think I was told today, the end of September or even into October, first or second week, as well, um, and and that's going to come right at the same time that the the fiscal year ends, and you have to either pass um, you know some sort of um, appropriations measure or a continuing resolution, and so you know if some folks in the Freedom Caucus just want a continuing resolution, and that's where they end up anyway, well maybe some folks in the Freedom Caucus might sort of like slow down a little bit and, and, and let it go. But I just think it remains to be seen. Elizabeth Gore? Yeah. I would say this is emblematic of the divisions that we've seen in the Republican Party all year long and, and for many years, actually. But they've really come to the fore when we have a Republican president and we have a Republican Congress trying to to um, legislate in some highly controversial areas like health care, like tax reform, and like the debt limit. Um, The same fissures appear again and again. There is not um, enough unanimity on the Republican side for them to try and move these issues forward um, in a way that, that doesn't create all kinds of angst for members of their own party. And you are exactly right to highlight um, how this is going to play out because the Freedom Caucus, that is the most conservative members on the Republican side in the House, um, they're probably not going to get their way, but there are enough of them that they can really create havoc uh, on other topics or, or um, trying to advance other priorities. And so... Um, I think that this is going to be messy. I think the fight is going to be ugly. I think it may have some tail to it. That is, it may have some longer-term ramifications. And I think part of the problem is that this is just another chapter in the same book about how Republicans are, are trying to unify a caucus that has such divergent views, and, and it's been a real problem for them um, uh, for some long while, particularly for this year. Well, we know, we know this bill generates or starts in the House and that activity, so, so the House will have their own struggles. What do you think is going to happen in the Senate with these margins? You know, in the, in the past, there's always been this kind of courtesy, right? You'd have 
Democrats line up with the Republicans if they're in the majority to help pass a debt limit, vice versa. And always, I, I remember one time I was on the Senate floor and we literally had to wait for the last Republican to come in and uh, they were negotiating who that would be to vote to increase the debt limit. And you just kind of waited and waited and waited. Finally, someone come in and we were done. What do you think is going to happen in the in the Senate now in their margins, you know, 52 to 48 uh, with Senator McCain's uh, illness? Hard to say if he's there or not during that time in the sense of his care that he needs. What, what do you think happens here? Um, you know, I think um, I, I <laughs> All right, they got to get through the House first. Um, I mean, the House will but, probably set the signal, right? Yeah, I think a, a lot of things will come into play. I think it, um, believe it or not, depends on where some of them are on tax reform, if they're working together to get something else across the finish that line. They could be going simultaneously. Yes, um, but I think at the end of the day that um, – Senator McConnell will find a way if they lose. You think they learned they, their lesson if, once before when they were pushing against the debt limit and not passing that they don't want to go through that again. Well, but they came up with a really comprehensive budget control vehicle that accompanied um, some of those efforts um, a few years ago. So sometimes, um, you know, as draconian as some of those cuts have been, they are Something happening. Something pops up. Something pops up. But I, I think that at the end of the day in the Senate, and maybe Elizabeth has a, a, the same or a different perspective, if it's past the House and it's a kind of a clean debt limit, maybe with CR attached to it, even if somebody like a Rand Paul or, you know, a few other folks don't vote for it, well, they'll get all other Republicans and maybe they'll get a few Democrats to vote for it and then it gets across the finish line. I don't know. Maybe you have a different perspective. Well, no, I, I agree with that. I think, uh, as I said, I think it's going to be, it's most likely to be a bill that's in the middle. And it, so it will have a few Democrats and a few, you know, have Democrats and Republicans supporting it. Listen, the reality is that the debt limit has serious implications for our economy, for our standing as a financial and everyone leader. everyone kind of understands that, right? And Would I, you say? I, the elected officials? I think generally most. that people do understand that. And the stakes are so high that usually when it gets right down to it, they're able to uh, – we're all able to cobble together the votes. And, it, and I agree with Elizabeth Mayer. It's a combination of Democrats and Republicans. They're going to vote for this and make it um, make it the – go down to the White House for signature. So, yes, I, I think that that's how it will happen. Uh, I, I just think that we shouldn't underestimate – um, the angst that will the go. The angst that will go with it, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I would just add as a, an outlier that um, that I, I do believe that the the goals of all of those um, House members and senators who want significant, meaningful, mandatory spending reform are are good. I mean, those goals are laudable um, because if you take apart Medicare uh, and and Medicaid, but let's just focus on Medicare. If some changes aren't made to make the program sustainable in 20 years it's 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 going to be a difficult a much more difficult scenario than we're in now so the goals are laudable but time is short and as elizabeth said you don't really want to mess around with the debt limit i mean there have been various attempts over time um, from senators who asked the Congressional Research Service to analyze what actually happens if you don't, don't do increase the debt limit and where the priorities for payment off of debts lies mm -hmm. um, from A to Z. But 
I don't think you really want to mess around with that. So, so let me ask you this, and then I want to get some predictions from you as we get ready to close up here. Um, lots of times when this gets close to the end or when the decision has to be made, there's a lot of discussion about if we don't do it, will a shutdown occur? Uh I haven't heard a lot of that conversation right now. Is that just because we're buried in health care and Trump tweets and who knows what else? That is just not part of the conversation right now? Or do you think that's going to be part of it at some point? I do. I think it is. I mean, separate from the debt limit, right. funding the federal government and whether CR. a CR can pass or a series of mini appropriations of omnibus or minibuses. Whether that can happen remains to be Could seen. Could you see a debt ceiling pass, but also appropriation bills not in a complete or a partial shutdown? In other words, they get the debt ceiling off the table, but then they're not dealing with the appropriations in a timely manner, and they can't get a CR done. Or do you think they'll, as earlier talked about, that they'll couple together maybe a mini CR or some CR for a short period of time? I think they will try to couple those two things together, even if it's for the short term term, excuse me, but I also can I could explain how the scenario you just played out could could, could, happen. could happen too. So that they clear the debt ceiling but then partial or total depending on what appropriation bills they do or don't do. Correct. And and it circles back to the point that you were making earlier, which is the Freedom Caucus allows the debt ceiling to move forward. Uh, can they extract some other sort of concessions on the, in the budget arena? And the reality is that in terms of the financial markets, in terms of the way that we issue bonds and borrow money from around the world to finance our government, the debt ceiling has bigger implications than short-term shutdown. And so my view is that there will be pressure to let the debt ceiling move forward, let that legislation move forward, as you suggested, but that uh, some of the most conservative members of the um, Republican Party will say that they don't want to support efforts to continue funding for the federal government, and presumably you'll have um, funding uh, riders or other provisions that may be included that would scare away Democrats as well. So in some ways, the be- the debt ceiling benefits from the fact that the stakes are so high. And I think it makes it more likely that the bill will pass and be signed by the president. Um, the the, the um, annual funding bills or the continuing resolution, as we've referenced here, the stakes are still high, but they're not as high. And therefore, I think the chance of failure in that area um, is a little bit more likely. So let me ask you this. So uh, I've been asking on some of the podcasts kind of your predictions on something. I think I might make that a regular issue. So let people think about what we think. Uh, first off, you know, we get a lot of conversation with our clients here at Brownstein about the debt deficit because that all impacts budgets, impacts work people do or don't do with an agency. You know, if the agency's closed, they don't have the ability to have conversations with anybody. Or if the debt ceiling goes out of whack, then we have clients who work in the financial markets and others and feel the impact of that. So two questions. One, what do you believe there will be a clean bill, a clean debt ceiling? Yes or no. And then What's the likelihood in a percentage, 10%, 50%, 100% of a shutdown, partial or full? I'll go first. Um, 
yes, I think there will be a clean debt ceiling. And I believe that there is a 46% chance that we will have... 46%. I love it, right? I love 46%. 46% chance that that, um, we have a full or partial shutdown. Liz Mayer? I do believe in the end um, that likely there will be a a clean um, debt debt, uh, limit increase, you know, especially with with the likely input from Secretary Mnuchin, who comes from the financial markets and understands the implications. Um, there, I think there will be a, a pretty big push in the end um, to try to get a clean increase. Although um, I will say that you also had OMB Director Mulvaney saying regularly for a while, but hasn't for a few months, I think, um, saying that he wa- he wanted entitlement reform mm-hmm. um, for an increase. So, but do you think a clean bill? I, th- I think probably so. Um, there has been some talk about, and I'm not sure what leverage this creates or not, but to add the Veterans Choice Bill um, to the debt limit um, and and to to try to attract some folks on on that front, and and frankly, just to get it done. And and with respect to a percentage, I like Elizabeth's percentage. Um, <laughs> you like 46%. But, um, <laughs> I would say, as a as a good Republican, I will I will say. Twenty-seven percent. I love it. Well, you know, it's interesting. It, both of you are still given odds that there is a, a potential slimmer in one, more in another, but a potential which creates the dynamic of September and October will be. You know, we think the summer is hot right now. September and October will be devastating. In crazy, days. crazy days. Crazy ahead days ahead of us. Yes. As always, we love the Elizabeth Elizabeth show. It gives a chance for a very good discussion here at Brownstein. As you can imagine, to the people listening, um, when clients come to us and they bring their situations or challenges, uh, when we have this kind of diverse view and ideas and thoughts and access to what's going on in Washington, we, we have a great opportunity to give, I think, pretty solid, good advice to people. Sometimes uh, they may like it, may not, but we know what's going on on the ground, and that's what really makes, I think, Brownstein unique. So from the Elizabeth Elizabeth Show, once again, thank you guys very much for participating. Thank Thanks. you. It was, it was fun. Thank you for listening to the Brownstein Hyatt Farber Shrek podcast series. Visit www.bhfs.com for more information.